there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Evening, my gorgeous friends. Last week was chaos, but it was amazing. And welcome to episode 28. No, hang on, sorry, it's episode 29. Oh, I'm not sure how that happened. But if you've been here from the start, then thank you so much. And if this is your first time listening, then thank you too. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Halloween has been and gone, leaving me with a sadness that kind of feels like a hangover of a Michael Myers magnitude. Come to mention it, I still have a six foot eight Mikey Myers standing in the corner of my living room because I have to figure out just exactly where he's going to go. The box is far too big to fit through the attic opening. I never thought about this one when I bought him. And at this rate, I'm going to be setting an extra place for him at the Christmas dinner table because he's going to be like part of the family by the time I find somewhere to put him. Now, I'm not going to lie, my house looked like one of those haunted house attractions for around five days after Halloween. There were life-size skeletons taking up all the chairs whilst they dried out. I have never known a Halloween so wet, but it didn't deter my amazing trick-or-treaters one little bit. They came en masse dressed up in the most wonderful costumes, even in the pouring rain, and it filled my little dark soul with pure joy. And bonfire night was a much drier affair, thankfully. And we did some fireworks for the grandkids, although I think the adults enjoyed them more. So well, all in all, this past week has been wonderful because there's been plenty of lovely family time, something that we all missed terribly last year. So how is your writing going? I keep harping on, but this is supposedly the whole point of this podcast, to get you writing and inspire you to keep going with it. I watched a fabulous couple of talks today that were organised by the wonderful Sarah and Elaine of I Am In Print. There were so many authors and industry experts, I recommend that you check out their website and Instagram page, and I'll link it in the show notes. I listened to the utterly fabulous Juliet Mushins from Mushins Literacy Agency talk about what happens when an agent pitches your books to publishers and the author-agent dynamics. Now, I'm not going to lie, I could have listened to Juliet speak all day. She was so brilliant and fascinating. And I learned so much about the publishing industry, despite being a published writer for eight years. There were still loads I didn't know. I also listened to the crime writer Neil Lancaster and Stuart Gibbons, a former detective who is now an advisor to authors who are in need of a little help with their police procedures, which I have to say is a lot easier to do than the route I took to get my inside knowledge. In case this is your first time listening, I actually joined the police as a PCSO 15 years ago and have been guarding crime scenes and foot patrolling ever since. There were so many other fab talks as well. My former editor, Kashin Inadu, who I absolutely adore, talked about how to thrill a publisher. And the brilliant thing about workshops like this 
is that they are held online so it doesn't matter where you live. It's really easy to attend them and absolutely invaluable as a writer. Whether you're an aspiring one or published, there was something for everyone. And it doesn't matter if you've written one book or 20. I can guarantee if you attend events like this, you will come away feeling refreshed and inspired. I certainly did. And another thing is don't be afraid to ask questions either. Because how are you going to learn if you don't? I learned a very long time ago to ask to pluck up the courage about asking questions. And I think it first started at Creative Thursday at Harrogate one year. I was at a workshop being held by the amazing crime writer Stuart McBride, who I was absolutely in awe of when I first plucked up the courage to ask an industry person a question. Before that, I would have literally, literally crapped myself and hidden at the back of the room in a corner. But this time I decided before I went, there was no more being a shrinking violet. I was getting serious about this wanting to get published lark. And if I wanted to take it, my writing seriously, I was going to have to treat it that way. And regardless of how red my cheeks would turn, because I knew that they would, because they always do. Whenever I asked a publisher, a writer or an agent a question that I needed to know the answer to, I was just going to have to do it. Now, years later, I literally don't care. I'm the first to stick my hand up at anything if I need to know something. And yes, my cheeks still go red, maybe not as much as they used to, but I still do it. And you can too, if you're a little bit shy. For years now, I've wanted to run a workshop myself or some kind of creative writing course. Why? I suppose it's the same reason why I record these podcasts. I want to give something back. I want to share the knowledge I've gained over the years with other writers to help them. Being a writer has changed my life and I think that being able to share and help others to fulfil their dreams is a wonderful position to be in. When I think back to how little I knew when I started and I really wished I had somebody I could have asked for advice. So I think I've mentioned this before, but I've been working with an amazing coach called Gabby Sikonfleg, who has helped me so much the last eight weeks. It's unreal what we've achieved. And she's been guiding me on how to organise and run a workshop not to mention a brand new website. So it's in the pipeline, which is very, very exciting. And I think it's vital, no matter what stage you are on your writing journey, that you keep pushing yourself to reach different goals and learn new things. You don't want to sit and grow stale like a loaf of mouldy bread hidden at the back of the bread bin, do you? You must keep reading, learning and planning because it keeps your mind fresh and gives you new goals to reach. So getting back to the nuts and bolts of writing. We've talked about how to hook your reader in earlier episodes, but what about the key elements that your first chapter should contain? Don't forget, these are just guidelines, by the way. They are not strict instructions. It's said that there are three rules of writing, but the only problem is no one knows what they are, which is very true. But these are the tips from the Helen Pfeiffer School of Writing that I find useful, especially for myself, because I'm at the delicious stage of writing the first chapter for my next book. Which is what got me thinking about what it should or shouldn't contain. Now let's talk about a prologue. You will read all kinds of writing advice and there seems to be a real, a lot of animosity towards the good old prologue, which I think is a bit unfair because given the right story, a prologue can be a fab way to start it. A fair few of mine start with a prologue, why? Well, it's a great way to bring some past information into the story, which might have happened some years ago to the characters, but will be relevant later on in the book. 
For a prologue to work, it needs to tie in with the story. Not at first, but it needs to be clear at some point what it was about and that that it all links up in the end. My latest book has a prologue which starts with the first murder in a series years ago and then chapter one starts with the discovery of a missing woman in the present time. And trust me, it will all tie in later on. But I find them a great way to inject information to the reader that you might not be able to fit in otherwise. I like to use a prologue like a bit of a short chapter, not a full length one and definitely not one filled with pages and pages of descriptions or scene settings. And it should also contain a hook that will make the reader want to keep on reading and not think, oh, this is boring and close the book. Make your prologue relevant to your story and you can't go wrong. Your first chapter is where you should be introducing your main character or characters, but not all of them at once. If you begin to introduce everyone at the beginning, you'll blow your readers' minds. I'd blow my own mind. It's bad enough if I start with the discovery of a crime scene that needs a couple of main characters. I usually open it with either my protagonist, who at the moment is Detective Constable Morgan Brooks, but I have in the past opened a book with my antagonist, my baddie. Either way, you need to make it interesting enough that your readers want to continue reading. What a top tip that is. But it's a useful one. You could open a book with pages and pages of scene setting and lots of literary prose. And if that's your style of writing, then don't let me put you off. But if you're trying to write a page turner, and I suppose you could call it commercial fiction, then you need to start your story off with a bang, so to speak. I like to think my stories are the ones you can take on holiday and read in a couple of hours because you literally can't put the book down. You have to keep turning the pages and find out what happens. Now, my stories definitely aren't works of literary fiction and they certainly won't be winning the Booker Prize, but that's fine by me because I don't particularly enjoy those sorts of books myself. So there would be little point in trying to write something that I'd never read. It's always a good idea to start the book with a huge problem for your character. We want to join them on the ride as they figure out what the fuck to do about this huge problem that you've just given them. Because your readers want to know too. So go big or go home. Another big no is not to start with a dream. But I have done this in the past. I'm holding my hands up. It worked. It worked quite well, I think. Annie Graham was being chased barefoot through the woods by a group of men and snarling dogs wanting to hang her from a tree. And she wakes up with cuts on her feet, but it ties into the story. And the cottage she's moved into is haunted by the woman who suffered this fate. Oops, spoiler alert. But it can work if it fits in with your story. Just don't start every story off this way, unless your readers love it. And then I suppose you can do whatever you want. I think that's it regarding your first chapter. If I think of anything else, I'll let you know. But whatever you're doing, have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And as always, get writing. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.